How are you, yourself? How are you? Baruch Hashem, a good work, and yourself? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. No? How was Shabbos? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. So, uh, yeah, your recent talk on the Kinus HaShluchim was very, 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 very inspiring. Mind-blowing, even. It, it was something... It was a breath of fresh air to hear, especially addressing it in that sort of way where, like, let's address the elephant in the room. There's just something about that that just, like, opens up the conversation in ways that we don't sometimes see it done uh, before. And in my personal feeling, it was way, way overdue. Um, in contrast to just kind of going on in life as a Chabad, Lubavitch, Chosid, Shliach, and going on another day and another day, it's important to sometimes stop and say, hello, what's the story? What, let's address this for what it is. Uh, what, what brought you to bring up that, uh, describing it in that way? Like, let's address the elephant in the room. Why, why is it really an elephant in the room? What, what do you think? Um, I, the truth is, uh, it's an elephant in the room uh, because, uh, you know, nothing that I was going to say was going to be something that, that was going to be new. Uh, everybody is aware the of the the kach, the bren, the absolute immediate need. It's not too long ago that Chav uh, and everybody reminded themselves of the sicha that, in a sense, made everybody sit up and take notice. But the problem is that um, it is something that, to a certain degree, uh, the Rebbe from the get-go was presenting a radical shift and change to what uh, life is. Uh, and so that was obviously going to push people, push everybody, push all of us out, out of our comfort zone as it did. And, 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 and to a certain degree, that's the entire point. Uh, but there's multiple ways we deal with discomfort. We deal with discomfort by uh, brushing it aside entirely and just saying, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to think about it. I'm just, no, I'm going to continue walking. And I'm not going, going to notice that the sna is burning, and it's 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 not there. Uh, there's the other end of the equation, which is that we say, okay, and you know this is uncomfortable, but you know the and we have to get it done, you know the caravel tight, and 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 where I think the majority of us fall is somewhere in the middle, and there's various shades of that, which is that we've responded, but perhaps not to the, to the fullest of our potential on the matter. And, 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 and so we, we've moved, because we are Chassidim of the Rebbe, and we are Mkushadim. And so when the Rebbe demands of us Metut, metut. Look, the amount of Mashiach that we have incorporated in the conversation, we have talked about, etc., etc., has has been so obvious that the rest of the belt looks at Lubavitch already as if we're um, the Mashiach Meshagayim. 
which is a good thing. Uh, you think? The, yeah. It, it what it, is it a good thing that that we were willing to go that far out of our comfort zone? The answer is, of course, it is. But the sense is that we have now, to a certain degree, become comfortable in our discomfort. Said so we've allowed this to become again. I, you know what? Um, I am not speaking uh, for for everybody. There are some exceptional uh, individuals on this, and again, in a very real way, each shliach and each individual in their own way has made tremendous uh, progress and steps in this. And at the end of the day, we are the Rebbe's chassidim, as I mentioned. But I think, especially in light of of the fact that right now the Welt sich, it's a to ask ourselves in this tracel dicket site, can we trace a little bit more and shake ourselves out of our complacency and our out of our comfort at being uncomfortable with the concept of Mashiach? In other words, challenge ourselves on the fact that Mashiach has to be one of these uncomfortable things that even if I do it, I do it with a sense of emuna that you know. When, when to a certain degree, there's an established track record here. It was one of the main points I was trying to put forward in that, uh, in that talk was it only is uncomfortable in the sense that the Rebbe is asking us to stay on the cutting edge, but not to do something that's etza meshuge. Fakert. The Rebbe is the Nasi and knows exactly and what the world is really uh, capable to be macabre and is actually desiring and craving to be macabre and we need to be the leaders now the leaders means that we're at the cutting edge we're not the Meshagayim we're the leaders right. and Mifza right. Tfilin and Mifza Mezuzah Mifza Kashos and taking Yiddishkeit out to the street and Bechlal engagement Right now, we get to sit there and bask in the sense that, that it's normal. Yeah. ahead of the game. Not in Meshuggah territory, but ahead of the game. Yeah. The same thing is true about Mashiach. We people have to maybe don't, maybe people don't, right. I'm saying, it could be people don't realize enough how much this was true also when Mifzat Filin came out. Does that make sense? Like going out in the street, asking a random person, are you Jewish? Hey, would like to put on tefillin. Back then, sounded as beyond normal and as out of the box and as strange and maybe even borderline with sugar as it could get for back in when was it the sixties, seventies? Is that true? Uh, well, it was and it wasn't. Very quickly, the shluchim realized the that they were seeing. And the ones that persisted to call them a sugar were the ones who were being left behind. Right. It's only now that <laughs> the, 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 the results are in, the statistics are so obvious that nobody can deny it anymore. And now it's easy. Now Fakir, now Chabad has become the establishment. Is it but possible that's that... to be. The establishment's in the middle of the pack. We right. don't want to be in the establishment space. We want to be at the cutting edge. 
not because as, as a strategic thing, because that's where the leaders stand. And the Rebbe is the Nasi Adir, and we are his Ansari Alafim Ansari Meis, and we need to be at the leadership position. We need to be at leading, which means we're at the forefront. And Mashiach is not in the category of Vild, it's in the category of exactly what the world needs right now, and we need to be leading them. And so what we have to challenge ourselves is to stop looking at this as an uncomfortable thing that I'm going to do with the Namuna and with the Kabbalah's Earl and really shift our mindset and say, no, this is actually exactly what the world needs and we need a lead. And that actually gives us a bigger achrayas to do it even Hamaskabal. Because we need, it's our achrayas to find the right words to present it to every single person and show them that this is exactly what they're missing and they're lacking. So it's not like if it was an Indian of Amunna and we're not Kalina Hasidim, we're not rolling around in the snow and and and, and putting on a, a zubitza in, 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 in the summer and, and saying feig to the Welt. This is the Alter Rebbe said that Shitas Chabad is not so to brech in the Welt, but it's to lead the world, to show the world that's what they're missing. So it is a so the Eidus to Tikkun is not a stira. It's it's actually the only way to do it, and and so we have to challenge ourselves. And that's why use all the creativity. Chaban has 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 such a, a, a tremendous amount of creative tools. Again, the whole world is playing catch up. So we have all these incredible tools at our disposal, and we could do this. We we could do this. We have to stop being uncomfortable about it. Right. What has been your your what has been your experience? Let's take like like maybe a few steps back in in the years, a little bit of our previous history. Um, what has been your experience? I guess growing up and learning and finding out about this whole topic. For example, let me share uh, my own experience a little bit, and I'd be very very curious to hear yours. Um, I sometimes find maybe it's useful to describe it in in the modern day way of thinking of like having gone through a difficult trauma and now needing to go through therapy. Nowadays everything is, is surrounding around that kind of narrative, things that people have gone through before, which is now causing them anxieties, and they go to therapy for it. So here has been my experience. In the beginning, there was no trauma. There was a name of it was It seemed to be a very exciting thing that was progressively getting more and more clear in Lubavitch, which is that the Rebbe was telling us that the time is coming, here it comes, it's almost here, it's here, should have been here already, what's the story? Uh, maybe one last thing, who can figure out what's the last thing? I'm giving it over to you guys, you put your heads together, come up with ideas, what we can do to make it happen, etc., etc. And then maybe the, the trauma, so to speak, started hitting, you know, Havzayin Adar, and the second Havzayin Adar, and eventually... Gimel Tamuz, and also the, I guess, the following traumas that come, came after that, in a sense, which is uh, Lubavitch kind of getting back on our feet and figuring out what to do here, what to do now, because after those uh, big events of back then, some of us really felt very, very, you know, uh, confused, not to mention extremely sad, extremely, like, like, we don't know what to do now. It's very difficult. It's very hard. You know, when we see our leader and, and he's leading us on and on, then, then everything is clear and great. And if we don't see him anymore, what's the story? Where do we go? And 
then also the differences of opinion of how to explain what happened and what did happen and what didn't happen. And everyone has their way of explaining it. And especially since it was something that touched us so closely and so, so you know, deep in our hearts, it was really very difficult to kind of have a nice, friendly, respectful discussion about it at all times when they're speaking about, you know, what felt like our own father. You're saying this? You're saying that? How could you say it's this? How could you say it's that? It's that? And to some extent, I, the experience that I've had is that it became something that has to be an argument. It has to be a macholikus. It's almost like we're conditioned for this now. When it comes to these topics, when it comes to these issues, there's a disagreement. Oh yeah, there's a big politics about it. There's a big controversy about it. And you're either on this side or you're on that side. And it's either, you know, it's us versus them, and we don't like them, and they don't like us, and we don't agree with them, and they don't agree with us. And, and, and you know, this kind of tribalism almost, like, like judgmentalism going one way and the other way. The kind of thing that you wouldn't really associate, first of all, with the Hasidim of Hasidia Balshante, where the whole point is to have Avas Yisrael until the end. But particularly with the Shita of Chabad, the Rebbe's Shita, where when we go out and we see a Yid, in the world, you know, we don't point out to him how they're wrong and how something's not correct and how they're going to go to Gehenna or whatever. We, we accept them, we tolerate them, we give them a smile, and we try to encourage them to do something better, to put on tefillin, right? That's, that's our attitude on, on Ritzayim. But for some reason, between ourselves, between, in the family, between Hasidim, it seems as if it became some sort of very contentious point where, like, we can, like, we don't accept you and you don't accept us about something. And that's how, for me, this became like an uncomfortable topic. Sometimes it felt even like, on the one hand, it's so important, this topic that the Rebbe was talking about, and the Rebbe was encouraging us to go and make it happen and do it and bring it to the world. But on the other hand, why bother go there? It's so uncomfortable. It brings up such sour tastes in people's mouth. In people's mouth. It's controversial. It's uncomfortable. Maybe it's easier not to even talk about it. This is how I've had the experience of it becoming an elephant in the room that was rather shoved under the rug than brought out into the open. And which is why this is so amazing to hear, you know, an idea of like, hey, let's, yes, talk about this. Let's, yes, bring this out into the open and deal, it, deal with it for what it is. But yeah, share with me what has been your experience about this. Or if, if maybe I got the wrong picture all along. Maybe this was actually peaches and cream all along. You tell me. Uh, so I'll tell you, you know, very clearly, I... This is not my forte. Why? Nobody dubbed me the Chabad psychotherapist. And, and more importantly, I think in all this discussion, we can't lose sight about credit where credit is due. I was having a very fascinating conversation with my father um, a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about how if you go and you see the Kinnas or you walk into 770, so really across the spectrum, Bachrim and Yeshiva in 770 are the batch of Shluchim. The Bachrim that are right now becoming Shluchim were born after Gimel Thomas. The Bachrim in the Yeshiva are born long after Gimel Thomas. By long, I mean... In, in an era, to a certain degree, where the dust has settled in this new situation. And I asked my father, would you agree with this point? Because again, he was Dachkvena Bacher, and when I was Shluchis, before Gimel Thomas, he would write in 
uh, to the Rebbe about various pull-ups, and he would have a Chorischein, Chorischein, Askel, and see. And I asked my father, I said, to me it seems, and I would like to hear from you, that the the the, the level of his kashras, the level of mesidus nefesh, the level of commitment to shlichus, the the fabrengens, the sprach of the mashpiim and the bachrim at the heintiker fabrengens, is it's hard to see a tangible difference between the era the era of fan gimel thomas and the era nachu gimel thomas. And he sat back and he thought about it a little bit. And he says, you know what? That's an incredible point. It's an incredible point. And it speaks to number one, A, and number two, that the hiskashus and the commitment and the misnefus, etc., is alive and well. And and the fact is that even though Gimel Thomas happened, Shlichus continues with the Starkeit, with the Koch, with the Bren, with the Messivus Nefesh to the Rebbe, with the Fabrengans and the Shavis Achim Kam Yochad. And of course, you have Sikhsuchim uh, and you have issues. And, and unfortunately, that's because Venus V, we're human beings and we have egos and we have politics and Mises, etc. And those things are going to be manifest. If we didn't have this, we would have that. We would find ways, unfortunately. But, but, uh, again, my role is not to psychoanalyze why, where and when. And, 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 and honestly, nobody uh, asked me when I, when I was giving my thoughts over to address the, you know, the, the issue in the, uh, you know, the, the issues in the Babich. If I can't, I actually... Um, um, operate, I don't know, in, in, in a place where, um, you know, Shochim or whatever, is have, might have many have varied viewpoints, but everybody is working towards the same goal. I think perhaps what, what, what we were missing or what we were dealing with is that because the effort to, to, to have Mashiach become part of what we were doing was a, and, and the absolute investment of it was relatively new by the time Gimel Thomas happened. It was a hard thing to fall back on when we kind of got back into our routines. Our routines were the things that 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 we had perfected. And not because so much people were running away from Mashiach as as as, a, uh, as, as I think the average shleich was not all worked up into the politics, I think. The, yes, the average shleich, they were too busy on the shleichus, but with the politics of it was, was less, it was, was not a focus. It was, but, but to a certain degree, and part of, what, in a sense, my call to action was, like everything else, with, when JLI was introduced, the shluchim all of a sudden had shiurim. I remember when soul maps came up. Solmaps was the first JLI class I gave. It was on Tanya. And to a certain degree, I was learning Tanya for the first time. And, I, and, and so kudos to Rabbi Shei Staub. Uh, because when you learn Tanya as part of Chitas and Tag Teglich, and so sometimes you're half sleeping, and the last time you learned it comprehensively was in, you know, Shivik Tanam. He was an opportunity. You had to be, you know, he taught me the yes and he called up. You had to learn Tanya to give the Sibir. 
and he so clear. Realize that to a certain degree, sometimes it's 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 a lack of material. It's a lack of I, I you know I need I don't have Clarkite in this, so I can't, I don't feel I can address this or tackle this. And this is, in a sense, a call to action. Let's put this back as a subject on the table that let's get all of the, everybody's input, the best minds on this. And I, from the positive feedback, from the overwhelmingly positive feedback, it was actually, I was totally not expecting it. I put it out there, this video, because I said, that, you know, this has been a cock of mine for a while, that Mashiach has to become part of, of the Tom Taglacharid of the Shluchim in a comprehensive sense. Not, not and, and again, there are many Shluchim that do it. But I know about my immediate surrounding that 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 myself this needs to become more, more. So I was I was putting out if we're already tracing develop tracels, if we're already thinking about things that we can really rethink and amp up and etc., then let's we know what the, the elephant in the room is more about how important Mashiach is to the Rebbe and how this has to get all our focus and all our attention. I, I, less the focus on whether it's how much has been missing till now, but more about how much we all know that this is the Tzav Hashar of the Rebbe. Right. And so we need to ramp this up. And we need to put our, our our best minds and our best efforts into. Now, I was talking to the shluch. Is this true for every single Lubavitcher, uh, every single Yid? 100%. 100%. This goes across the board. And again, I nobody was memana me, and I'm not in any way feel that I have a responsibility um, to 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 become Lubavitcher's. Uh, uh, What's it called on this? I am one shliach who 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 was trying to be murdered in India. And 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 why I'm saying that I because I don't know if if my approach or my attitude is right. Maybe I'll maybe the mashvir will turn to me and tell me I'm off the mark. And can zicher zayin that that I'm coming at this from the wrong angle. Let me ask you, what, what, would you, what would be your explanation, or how would you, the way you currently see it, unless Mashpim come and explain you otherwise, um, I myself have tried to discuss this with various Sidim and people around town, uh, you know, I live in Crown Heights, but also, you know, relatives and contacts around the world, and I try to bring up this concept sometimes, and, you know, sometimes people find that it makes sense, it, 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 it hits a certain mark, it's inspiring, it's interesting, the things that are going on in the world now, and how, who knows, maybe this is a way how we see something can affect the whole world in very quickly, you know, like you explained in your second video clip, very, very inspiring, and that this is maybe some sort of sign, and we should wake up, we should, follow, you know, heed the calling and wake up about it. And what do you suggest... What do you think is the answer when, when sometimes I speak with, with certain people and they tell me, Oh, this this is a happening that happened in the world, you know. Don't get so Mashiach excited about it. It's a thing that happens, and uh, you know it happens every hundred years. You know it happened in the 1900s. It happened in the 1800s, uh, and and it's life is going to go back to normal. You know, you, you see them always get so enthusiastic about this, um, or even within fellow Chassidim themselves. Some people tell me, you know, there you go again with the emphasis on the whole Mashiach thing. If you calculate. 
the whole total of all the content that the Rebbe has taught us over the years, you'll see that the Mashiach topic is, is only this percent or only that much percent in comparison. Uh, there isn't any particular focus on that topic per se. Uh, don't make such a big deal about that. And, you know, I, I don't want to get into a controversy or disagreement or whatever. I just am wondering what, how can we uh, explain and obviously tread carefully so as not to, you know, push anyone or overstep anyone because the last thing we need is to get back into arguments or disagreements. But if someone feels like there isn't necessarily such a big uh, focus about this per se, what, what, what do you think is the right uh, explanation or response to that or whatever? Uh, so, so as I shared in the second video, if, if there was one thing I would emphasize, A, to fellow Lubavitchers, and B, to fellow Yidin, from Yidin, C, to fellow not from Yidin, is we have to stop looking at Mashiach as this radical idea where we only see Mashiach in the radical events. Oh, coronavirus Mashiach! We are then, what we are doing is we are taking the concept of Mashiach and we are accepting that it's radical. When Fakert, it's not radical at all. At all. It's actually very, in my opinion, very simple. Not very simple, but very logical. And, and we owe this topic the due diligence and the respect and focus that it deserves. And what I mean by that is that each and every one of us needs, as with anything that we present, to do our own research, have a Clarkite on the Indian, so that we can be relatively uh, sure and, and, and um, well-versed on the subject matter, which means that every single one of us first has an achrayis to incorporate Inyan Mashiach, the study of Inyan Mashiach comprehensively as Yidin, as Shluchim, as Lubavitch Sidim, as, and again, as, simple, as, as simply as Yidin. The Rambam put it in the Yod Gimel Ikrim, not because it's a nice aspirational hope, but because you cannot be the Yudgimal Ikrim means that without the firm understanding and the firm belief in this, you are failing in your Muna as a Yid. You, this is not a Zaytiker Zach. The same list that includes Ani Mami Muna that that about the, our belief about Eibushter is also the belief about Mashiach. It's that intrinsic to Yiddishkeit. And how is it so? And to a certain degree, when you present it this way, as I mentioned in the video, I live in a place where people very much pride themselves on their understanding and their logic and their thinking and their education and their uh, their their mental acumen. This is Bethesda's very educated city. And I don't shy away from this. And I present it as follows. I say, we as Yidin believe that God created the world, which means he there is a, what, they, what they call an um, intelligent design. The world did not come about by accident. The world came about on purpose. The creator created the world. 
Well, if he created the world on purpose, it means he created the world for purpose, which means that there's a point A, which is the creation of the world, and it's heading to a point B towards its purpose. What's, it, what's that point B? What's the end game? What's the goal? In Yiddishkeit, we call this the era of Mashiach. And you don't have to look in radical svarim. From the get-go. From the get-go. And again, this is not from some chassidish svarim. This is, uh, and this is what the, the Ramam is alluding to. That the Bede created the world for a reason, and that, that culminates with Mashiach. Now, beyond Yidin that are well-versed in Yiddishkeit, you explain to down-to-earth people that if this world was created for purpose, on purpose, was created for a purpose, that makes sense. That makes sense. We're, we're trying to get somewhere, right? Every single person in their own lives, every once in a while, stops and asks, so what am I trying to achieve? What, what, am, what are my goals? Where, where am I going? What, would, what are the ideals that I'm working toward? So is it such a radical and far-fetched idea that the whole world has a goal, has an end game, or does that make sense? And then to a certain degree, it would then make sense that the creator of this effort, of this enterprise, this world, would have left the instruction manual. That's called Teda. And Teda gives us the instruction manual about how to move the world in its effort, in its progress towards its goal. So here's a question. Maybe it's not that radical to believe that God created the world and um, we have a goal that we're working towards and he gave us you know, the Torah with the instructions of how to get there. That's maybe not that radical. Let's call that, that's permitted. That's allowed to believe that and to still be regarded as a normal, acceptable person. But maybe where some people might start feeling uncomfortable or as if it's getting radical is to start believing, like checking the door, oh, is he coming now? As if like it's something that's realistic now, like within uh, 24 hours, 48 hours, something uh, is going to knock at the door and it's going to happen now. Mashiach is this kind of thing where like, animamin, you believe it, you believe it every day and you're supposed to continue believing it every day and the next day and the next day and the next day, so to speak. Um, this idea of like it's about to happen now and it's happening now and so get ready and prepare your suitcases and like it's something that's about to really happen that's maybe what makes some people feel like no it's not supposed to come out of the realm of fantasy imagination and something that maybe can happen one day in the future who knows and bringing it into like it's about to happen realistically now in our times in our days who says we can take that out from there to here and even if you'll tell me okay you know what it seems like this is the kind of narrative, this is the kind of idea that the Rebbe himself seemed to be telling us when it was coming to those years, you know, 89, 90, 91, 92. It seemed like the Rebbe was speaking like, wow, there are things happening in the world. It seems like the world is coming to a head. It's coming to a time where it's the time of Mashiach. Let's get ready, prepare yourselves. Here he comes, here he comes. And, but, you know, maybe that was like an opportunity. Maybe it was a good time that it could have happened, should have happened, would have happened. But let's be real here, realistically speaking, evidently, uh, maybe it just didn't happen. And here we are these many years later, 
And in a way, with every additional day that passes, with every additional year that passes, it, it kind of proves the point even stronger that, like, relax now, calm down for now. Uh, it was supposed to happen back then, and for whatever reasons, it didn't happen. Now, let's get back to normal. Let's settle down in life. Mashiach is something which could and will happen at some point. We'll, we believe it strongly. So what's all this talk about getting all, like, radical as if, like, it's really realistic to happen now? Do you, Rabbi Sandy Gazinski, do you believe that Mashiach might walk in right now as we speak, tomorrow, after tomorrow? What kind of radical speak is this? What do you think? Again, so that's the point. Why radical? Why radical? Why does this have to be a radical thought? Uh, it is my firm belief and desire uh, that any moment now, Mashiach comes through the door. Or really? Mashiach. Now, wow. now, why is that radical? Because we decided that the way we're living right now, that's going to be perpetually what carries on. And who says that's not uh, um, out of place and radical? Well, let's, I mean, let's, let's look at it. First of all, um, if we if if we're already starting, depending who we're talking about, which 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 type of Jew we're talking to here, type of Jew that believes that everything that says in the Torah is correct, and more the question is who says now? Fine, I believe Mashiach, but 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 who who says now? Okay, so let's talk to that Yid for a second. First of all, if you're from Yid. And you look, you'll notice that the Rambam in his Animamin uses a Lushin in the 12th Animamin that he does not use a Lushin in any other Animamin. And he says he, he could have just sufficed with Animamin Mashiach. But he did not. The Rambam did not suffice. And this is not only reflected in the, the speaker of the Rambam, it's in our Davani. So, so if you're a from Yid, then the question's on you, not on me. Now, if you're having a problem getting there, so both let's let's both try and figure out how to how to get our minds in the right place. But but what's the chiyuv? The chiyuv is pretty pretty clear and obvious. Now, to the same Yid, still talking to this Yid. Mashiach has to come at one point or another. Right? At one point, we're going, at one point in history, we're going to be on that threshold. We're going to be at that point where Atat is Mashiach. Now, uh, why can't that be this moment? What is your riot that it can't be? And if anything, you start looking at things, and now you can really start opening the conversation up to other people that are 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 not uh, sold on 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 Yiddishkeit and, and everything else. You say you say you look at the world, and if you can't see in in the world certain incredible changes, many of them which the Rebbe pointed out, and 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 and, and recognize that there is some unbelievable uh, uh, radical if you want to call it that way uh, developments 
that would be to a certain degree the perfect fruition of the various ideas that Yiddishkeit has foreseen in the lead up to Mashiach, then, then somebody's not pointing them out to you, but they're there. They're there. You want to say this is the worst time that we've ever been in, really, then you're experiencing what we call recency bias, which means you've only got a very small scope of vision and you're looking at things that are so terrible, so bad. Oh, really? Uh, and I, this is what I tell people in Archeology. Again, people that want more empirical proof there, you know, the Yiddishkeit angle of it is, but they say, looking at the world, I said, let's work, 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 look at world history. If I ask you, somebody who is a student of history, somebody who's uh, of, of, of world history, I said, name for me five names of ancient history, five figures, great figures that you study. So say, um, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great, etc. Et you, you know what all these people have in common? Their greatness is in the fact that they were bloodthirsty conquerors. And back in the day, that was not only lauded, it was actually expected. It was, this is, if you were a weak nation alongside a stronger nation, it was only going to be a matter of time before they invaded and they took you over. And almost you had to like, okay, you, you didn't even have Faribu. It was just, oh, <laughs> that's the way it goes. The, the Persians rule until the Greeks get more powerful, and then the Greeks come and take over the Persians, and they rule until the Romans come around, and they're as they get developed. Look at the world now. Look how radically changed it is. And I, giving the example of Haiti, right? Haiti was a very poor country, hit by a terrible uh, earthquake and tsunami, and the country was on its knees. And immediately massive warships came from the great world powers from all over the world, the United States, from Europe, etc., etc. Had this been any other era in history, what would, they, what would these warships be coming to do? To exploit and take over a weak country, and it would have been a minute, and all the resources and all the people would be enslaved. What was different now? different now is that these warships were coming to establish field hospitals and provide water and bandages. And that was expected. When in history did you have this, where all the nations, all the most powerful nations in the world were working together, the Manhasholik. Now, of course, there's quibbles, and of course, there's arguments that fights, etc. But if you think, if you take a broader span of history, the whole world has shifted dramatically and why? Who taught them this? Who taught them to think this way? Who, who was the shining light that taught the world these values? Well, the UN, which is the ostensible bureau of, this, of all this effort, has the certain words etched into its building, which is its mission statement. And these are the words of the Jewish prophet about what will be in the times of Mashiach. And here you have the building that is officially directing the entire mentality of or the entire effort. Do they do a good job or not is a different discussion. But what do they set as ostensibly their mission statement? Their goal is to bring to the era that the Jewish prophet and all the countries in the world officially buy into this. In other words, the rest of the world is, to a certain degree, saying, we agree that our mission statement is to bring the world toward this era that we, that the Jewish people call Mashiach. 
So again, whether we're perfect at it or not, you want to not say and look around and say something very different is happening in the world than was once upon a time happening. And the fact that instantaneously information, something I speak right now is on the other side of the world in, in a moment, in literally instantaneous. And then if you want to look at the coronavirus, as I said in the video, if I told anybody in the middle of February that very soon everybody will be at home with their family, basically not working, spending quality time with their wives and their children, checking in with the office maybe virtually, but being on the roof with family, they would say, what, the whole world? You mean the whole world will be doing this? Yeah, yeah, the whole world. Uh, how soon do you mean? Like, when? When do you expect this? Oh, in about 15 days. <laughs> they were crazy. Boom, here we are. Now, if this happened because of something negative, then is it not, but it happened. So is it so radical to believe? And when, when I have not non-religious Balabatim tell me that, Rabbi, if this is not Mashiach, you know, if this is, the, the world is a lot more ready for clarity on this subject than I think we give the world credit for. And that was my main point. My main point was let's take a moment and let's see how the Rebbe was right again. The world is a lot more ready for this. This should not take a, a, a sense of emuna on our part, or a sense of iskashness to go out of our comfort zone. And the Rebbe has already established a track record of knowing exactly what the dirt needs and exactly what the dirt is ready for. And the Rebbe told us, Klar, that, the, that we need to treat this with, with the proper attention and respect it deserves. So we need to give this down-to-earth and clear thought out. We can't just bomb and say, Bleh! No, we need to give this. We need to be as the Kalem de But it does not mean we need to shy away from the topic. It means we need to find the words to clearly and comprehensively point out that really what the whole world is looking for. And I mentioned the other aspect, look at, do you ever hear the world is constantly talking about social change and, uh, and change social justice? The words are there. The Elam knows that something is happening. The, but, but because there's nobody giving them the clear direction, so then they're making it up. It's about recycling water bottles. It's, 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 a bit, but just like the Rebbe said, that the Eilam will, and we have to give them the, the, what their neshamas are looking for. It's the same thing on the concept of Sheikh. So is the world clearly ready? I think the question is on those that don't see it. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a pretty uh, interesting take on it. Again, I guess, what about the part where people might say, like, okay, maybe in, in, in Nun, Nun Aleph, Nun Beis, maybe there was, like, an opportunity um, you know, and now here we are, 25, 28, almost 30 years after that. So how come we haven't woken up about this 10 years ago, 15 years ago? And who says now is like, 
there's still is there really still an outstanding mission that's still like waiting to be completed where the Rebbe tells us guys go and and implement this concept of Mashiach into the world so that it becomes a reality it, it was that maybe something that it worked out as much as it worked out back then but now here we are who says that's something that we need to go back to and like do it now and do it more and do it better and make it really happen well why reawaken that? Who says that's really something that we need to reawaken? Maybe it is what it is. And now go be a good shliach, be a good yid, go put on tefillin with yid and teach them tanya. That will probably bring Mashiach much sooner. Just just tell people to give tzedakah every day and to put on tefillin and to keep Shabbos, learn some Torah with them. That's that's worthwhile, you know, teaching and telling people about. Discussing this whole Mashiach thing, you know, leave that Leave that for Hashem will one day bring Mashiach. Don't worry about it. The Rebbe will bring it. The Ebishter will bring it. It'll happen. Why do we have to wake this up now? Okay, so you've, you've, you actually started with one question and you shifted to another question. Okay. The question was about, you know, was Atat and now it seems it wasn't Atat. And there's a, the second one, the second question was, do we have to talk about it? So we talked about it. We already addressed it. Yes, we have to talk about it. Yes. Concerned that wait a minute, are we, is this really the time, etc.? Et it seems to be there was the time, and then there was atat, but now it's decades later. To that question, like everything, uh, any point or any crossroads, any um, uncertainty, we have a tater. And in the Teda is the Teda Nitzchis, Teda Melosh and Heda, and in the Teda is the lesson for us. And uh, interesting that Shabbos Gimot Amos is always close to Parsha Shlach, in which the Meraglim made the mistake of asking the wrong question. They thought they were supposed to ask questions. Might be the bevusta sicha of the Rebbe. Are the more than one sicha of the Rebbe? They were not supposed to ask. Is this is this really the time? Are we supposed to actually do this? Are we? Is this the time we're supposed to go in? Are we ready for it? Not ready for it. That's the wrong question. Why? Because Abish just said we're ready for it. The question is, how do we prepare? So you're asking me. Is it, the Rebbe said that Atat, that's, that's all I need. In that, there's a certain amount of Emunah. Things seem to have changed. I'm a soldier. I, I, don't, I don't look at that. That's not on my plate. I have to condition myself. That's not the... If I'm asking that question, where do I have the time to be stepping outside and analyzing this, you know, I have work to do. I have to be preparing myself for Mashiach uh, and, and by doing mitzvahs by, uh, by, by, by growing in my Aveda uh, Imatsmi, my own learning and my own davening and my chinuch of my children and their learning and their davening, all with the sense that I need to be preparing myself and them. Uh, through these mitzvahs to be Mechal B'nai Mashiach, and I should, I'm too busy working on and thinking of ways and strategizing ways how to get it done. This, we, this, these philosophical questions about better time work, that, that was a moral mistake. That's not, that's not for us to be asking. 
The Nasi Hadir told us at at. So what do we do? What are the questions we're supposed to ask? How to get it done? End the story. Not when. At at. And, and, and the Rebbe, like the Rebbe told us, when you're waiting for somebody to come to the room and, and, and they don't come and a minute goes by and an hour goes, what that should end up doing, if you really, really, really have a strong minute that they're coming, then, then what ends up happening is that your anticipation grows. If, if you have a doubt whether it's taka true that they're coming, then the longer time that goes by, that ends up growing the doubt. But if by dear feltnished, you don't have a doubt that they're coming, and you don't have a doubt in the truth that they're coming, then the anticipation, every minute that, that goes by and doesn't come, the anticipation gets greater. Tell me if this is a, 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 a true concept or not. This is how sometimes it made sense to me. I don't know if it's true or not, but this question about why now, and it's been 25, almost 30 years, and why should we get back on track with that now or whatever, um, sometimes by me it feels like that is really a rhetorical question that gets right back to us. We can answer that issue. We can answer that question. In a sense, it is a little bit looking back and saying, we could have, should have gotten back to this earlier. Now the question is 25, 28 years stronger. So if anything, we should really roll up our sleeves now and try to answer that question ASAP because it's, it really is still outstanding. It really is something that the Rebbe says is happening, should happen, we can make it happen, and it's still in that status. And if anything, we should be telling ourselves, okay, good question, why should we wake up now and do it? We should have woken up long ago and, and done it, so at least now, for sure, we should wake up and, and, and do it. Does that make sense? I don't know if that... If, if the question is, should we get on, should we get active and do it, then the answer is, of course... If the question is, what's going on here? It's been 25 years. Again, I reject the question as not a question we, that's supposed to be occupying our mind space. Uh -huh. Because the, what are you asking that? Is, is, is the Rambam right in saying, Is the Rebbe right in saying, is it, an, is it an elephant in the room that we're allowed to ask? Like, let's say, can someone innocently no. ask? The Rebbe said, ot, ot. The answer is, Pasha Shlach tells you, no, stop asking that question. Not, be, not because, is it a valid question or an invalid question? Is not important. It's not part of, it's immaterial, as we say. Because we're supposed to be occupied with other questions. And the other questions we're supposed to be asking ourselves is how to get it done. There's the famous uh, story about uh, Napoleon Bonaparte and the Tsar, right? The, the mother, so it never happened, but it's a nice anecdote. It says when the Tsar beat Napoleon, so they were meeting, uh, wherever, wherever they're meeting for the signing of the peace treaty, and the Napoleon turns to the Tsar and says, how did you win? My soldiers are better trained. I'm a, I'm a better general. We have better weaponry. So, so how did you win? And he says, because I have the real soldiers. Zara says, says, loyal, unquestioning. They're going to, they got the job done. Napoleon says, I disagree. My soldiers are the most loyal. They're committed. They'll do anything for me. 
Rabbi said, okay, let's put it to the test. So we go to the roof of the tower, and Napoleon calls over his soldier to, to illustrate the level of commitment. He says, Jean-Pierre, come here. Jean-Pierre comes. He says, I want you to jump off this building. And the, the drop, you will not survive the drop. Your life will end here and now when you jump off the building. And Jean-Pierre says, I have anything for you, cher général. I will do it. I just have one question. As I'm going to, that you can answer so that as I jump to my death, I can know. How am I serving the purpose? What am I doing? To which Napoleon said, by doing so, you're demonstrating the loyalty. Says, oh, that's all I needed to hear. He runs and he jumps off the boat. And he turns to the Tsar and he says, the Tsar, with a smile, says, Ivan, calls over a soldier. So I want you to jump off this bill. Ivan says, right away, I have one question. Which side? The point is not that we're expected to have blind faith. And don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Stop asking questions. No but we're too busy asking the right questions. We're the Rebbe's soldiers. We are the Ibishter soldiers, which means we'll leave the questions about how it could be done, I mean, rather, is it the right time, and can it be done? We'll leave that to the general, to the commander-in-chief. We as Hasidim, when the Rebbe says, and go prepare the world, there should be one question we ask ourselves. How? is the best way to get it done. And those other questions, that's Tachbole Sayyidzeh. And very seriously, Tachbole Sayyidzeh, because what it's allowing to do, you know, the story of the Meraglim, the story of the Egel Azavev, these stories illustrate, this is why they're in the Torah, to illustrate that not all questions, even if they're rational questions, are correct questions. Why? Because you have a direction already. You were given the mission. Go out and do it. And your question should be how to best execute on it. So is it a valid question? Yeah, probably it's a valid question. Here we are 25 years later. Is it the question me and you should be asking? No. We're supposed to be too busy with other questions. And the other questions we're supposed to be asking ourselves is how do we get this done? End of discussion. So you, so we could say, based on the knowledge that you have, based on the research you've done, the sikhahs you've learned, you firmly believe that the, 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 how we stand now, we could and should, and let's ask the question of how, and we got to go and do it, right? Let's say in contrast to someone else who might say, there isn't necessarily currently an outstanding mission to do anything about the whole Mashiach situation. You, you... From what you understand, it seems to be you believe um, there is. I don't think I don't think there's a shliach on the planet that would say that there is no outstanding mission to bring. Shliach. I think every single shliach, at least again, I'm, not, I'm talking to the, to, the, to and about the shliach. Everyone knows this, and that's why it's the elephant in the room. It's the elephant in the room because it's something we all know, not because it's something that there's still a debate about. It's something we all know. And it's something the truth is that we are committed to because we are, at the end of the day, shluchim and chassidim of the Rebbe that have devoted their life here, as I mentioned in the beginning, 
the, the, the newest crop of shluchim are after Gimel Tamas, and yet they came, they come with the same commitment and the same bread to be mekayim the ratzin of the mshaleach and to see the job done. So I don't believe that deep down it's a question if it's it's if it's the right thing or not. I think what, what gives people pause is how, how how do we do it? And if if it feels like I, I don't know, or it's, I, then then I'll, I it's it's let me let me do the things that we're very good at, and there's a clear path, and there's clear, and so my call to action was more and let's create so much resource on this on this subject that it's plug and play that that every single one of us can immediately infuse any given thing we're doing. If we're giving a shear, if we're talking to teens, and as I said in the second video, shiach, shiach should not become a standalone, we should not be pushing aside everything else that we as Shulchim are doing and, and, and take on Mifza Mashiach. It's not Mifza Mashiach to the exclusion of all others. I can't. Like the Rebbe explains about Chassidus and Kuntus and Chassidus, it's not another layer. It's not like I can study Chassidus or I can study Pshatnam as Drushas and Sait. Chassidus is the core of Pshatnam as Drushas. So when I'm learning Pshat, I can learn Pshat with Chassidus or Chassidus Palaicht, the Pshat. When I learn uh, Remez or when I learn Drush, etc. When I'm wrapping somebody with tefillin, I can make it so much more relevant, so much more practical, so much more obvious. Why should I put on tefillin? Why, Rabbi, why should I do this one mitzvah? Is it really going to change anything? We're going say, yeah, you just recycled the bottle. Why did you recycle the bottle? You really thought that you really think, well, the person will say yes, because my this bottle added to all the other bottles, and I do my part, and you do your part, and it will all incrementally work to move the world towards a better place. That's why you're putting on film. Because we believe the world's heading on a trajectory and call mitzvah, 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 when you'll put on film now, or you'll light Shabbos candles now, or you are, so Mashiach is actually the connective tissue, is the core, everything. And it's not a hard idea. It actually makes Shlichus more relevant, more more immediate, more more obvious, more resonant, to everybody, it's not some random thing. I don't know if I believe it or not. It's it's if we're we're all heading somewhere together. We each have a responsibility to see that we get there. Go put on tefillin, and you took us one step closer to it. It's forward progress, and, and so we make make Yiddishkeit more relevant, and we make Yiddishkeit from being something you're not just doing tefillin because your grandparents, your great grandparents, or the Holocaust, well, that's all in the past, and nowadays we're living in the future. You know how you take Taylor Mitzvahs and move it from just the element of the past, and you move it forward looking into the future by telling them that with it you're working towards Mashiach. If anything, again, imbuing Mashiach into our shluchis, and, and again, not just talking to Lubavitchers, I mean, not just talking to shluchis, because every Lubavitcher is a shluch, and every Yid is a shluch. But if we get into that mindset, if we get really into that mindset, that that the the Mashiach is 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 Kalos Mashiach is Talib Ma Yisenu Ba Ma Yisenu Kolzman Meshach Hagolos. 
And the Nasi Haddai, who's the one whose job is to know these things, tells us we're standing at the goal line. And we now, that last push, then, then let's bring it all to bear. And, and if anything, again, I have not found that it has been in a, 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 a detriment. If anything, it's what I pull out when I really want to make the point that I'm saying particularly compelling. Oh. So, so, so what are we afraid of? Why is this radical? This is actually very, very practical and makes Yiddishkeit so much more immediate. Uh, and 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 Beinenu, it makes it so much more gishmak for not only for ourselves but for others. We're, we're all working together to get somewhere with this. This is we're trying to. We're all a team here. We're all working together. The whole like differences and the whole arguments that that's all an illusion, really. That that's not really a thing. It's it, no, look. I'm not going to say it's an illusion. I, but what I'm saying is it's it's kleinakaitin, Once we realize what the mission, what the joint idea is here, well, even even before Gimel Thomas, there was arguments and fights. And but the, the, the power of the nasi, power of every nasi. Look, David Amelech. David Amelech. There was constant strife. The power of the nasi is to get all the disparate part, part, parts to look above the, the small stuff and to focus on what we're all trying to achieve together. And, and, and BMS, in a very real way, there's a common denominator among all the factions. Everybody is trying to be Mikhaim Ratzin and Mishalayach. And, and the truth is you can focus on what divines us or you know, Lishmake Fabringen, an incredible Fabringen, a couple days before the, the, the Kinnis in which this video that I originally put out, it was, it was, it was, it reminded, it was refreshing because it reminded everybody we're all on the same team and it's not even like we're officially all on the same team. No, no, we actually really feel that way also about ourselves. Deep down we feel that way about ourselves and, 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 and so we need to, Stop looking in, at the small stuff and remind ourselves of the big stuff. Another reason why Mashiach needs to be incorporated in, is it's an added value to incorporating uh, Mashiach into our, our focus. Reminds us that all the rest of the stuff this, this is really claimed to kite, and 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 we are really doing an incredible job as. Chassidim, Aziyidim, etc., etc. Here we are, all these years after Gimel Tamos, and we're Chassidim. We're Chassidim of the Rebbe. And and from our own personal shiurim of Chitas and Rambam and Fabrengans and learning and the Sichas every day, etc., etc. So the way we're raising our children, to so the way we're committed to Shluchas, etc. And, and as long as we keep our minds on the big things, we're there, we're, we're there. We don't even have to do any radical change. We just focus, focus on the big stuff. The rest of the, the little, smaller stuff may not work out entirely, 
but will stop getting in the way as much. Right, right. I agree. And, and I also appreciated how you, in that video, in that short little talk, you, you drove things very much to concrete, like, practicality. Uh, you know, a lot of times it can be talk and talk, and even this conversation right now, to some extent, could risks being maybe just talk and talk. But at the end of the talk, you said, and therefore, if anyone has any ideas, it was almost like akin to what the Rebbe said, and that's Chavchas Nisan. We should put our heads together and come up, you know, brainstorm with ideas. How can we do? What can we do to make it happen? You had uh, an email address. What was it? MC at three o two. Oh. MC at com. In other words, and I'm happy you brought it to this, uh, brought it back to this point because that was always, if you think about, to me, one of the most amazing things about the Nasi Hadir, our Rebbe. And I hate to say it that way because it many seems like I'm I'm analyzing the the the, the, the grace kaita that I'm chassid, but was you have the kinas an incredibly inspiring concept of taking the shochem from all over, bringing them together, the spirus and the the shavas achim, and the, the, how every shliach uh, walked, walked away from the kinos marpil and nefesh, etc. And the the mishalech was not satisfied with that. And the the rebbe wrote after the doch uh, uh, when the doch comes in, he wrote back the habechein question mark. And therefore, you can have a very inspiring moment. But well, what are you hitching it to? What is the practice uh, and and the, and specific actions and resolutions and chlatis that are going to be taken? And, and and to me, actually, that's what it ends up all being about. As I said, shluchim are not necessarily need a radical change of perspective in the sense that they're not ready for this and that was proven by the fact that there was an immediate positive feedback. The Shulchan is saying we are ready. Just there needs to be material and this era nowadays with WhatsApp groups and whatever it is, everybody who has a thought can share it and it can immediately, and again, how did Amashleich Bethesda Maryland I'm, I was never uh, as the, the, to, to become uh, or, 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 or feel like I was a part of any think tank. Or I shared a thought that uh, there was I was I was and the fact that I was asked at the kinesis is also just because somebody heard. But that's the way things are happening nowadays. It's happening that anybody who has a good idea, for example, and this is Israel why we're talking. Who was Memana you? Nobody. What was Mamat? What the Rebbe was. But what it is, is somebody saw something, a, a need for something, that's the attitude we all have to have. If you have an idea, you have to share it. This Indian of, 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 of Mifzah Mashiach has to be treated with seriousness. And what that means is we need to be investing our best minds and creativity on this. If you have a good idea, then if you're holding it back, you're being menea bar. Not just menea bar to other chavri, you're being menea bar to the whole world. So the bottom line is we each have to think, and every idea, Rabbi Akiva did not send back any of the aidim that were coming 
to do Kiddush HaKadosh, even though to a certain degree, somebody could say, well, I see in front of me, there's a whole line of people with ideas. Was my idea really going to matter? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. The answer is because at all times, we all need to feel like it's, it, that if I have an idea, I'm an achrayist to share. So the bottom line is, yes. And uh, to me, it, uh, it starts first and foremost with each and every one of us being kevea, a more established time uh, in their day to learn in Yanni Gul Mashiach. There's plenty of fun nowadays. And if you don't want to say for specifically on Yanni Gul you want to learn the Rebbe Sichus, you want to just open up. But, but brush up on the topic. But more important, you're going to make it more real by you with a Clarkite. Beyond that, there, we should be investing and imbuing in every aspect of that, that, that Shluchim do so successfully in our adult education, our engagement with our teens, etc. So we need to be investing ideas into each one of these things. And that's part of the the effort of, in a sense, this uh, this new vad, the new vad is going to be thinking along those lines. How can every single thing that already exists in Chabad, Chabad does well, be done with 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 Mashiach, with 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 with, with uh, but to every single one of us, we need to start with Teda, and Teda is Mashiach. In other words. We have to learn. Learn it comprehensively. It's, it's the it's 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 our you know labimitatzeit. So so it is actually a thing. Like I've had conversations about this itself, and I'm kind of making a little bit of a pretense over here because it, my opinion is one thing, but the questions that I'm asking is sometimes a little bit playing the advocate, you know. But what I'm asking is. I've had discussions where people perhaps propose that who says it's even a central concept that you have to focus on learning concepts of Mashiach specifically again. Maybe this was something that was pertinent to those times, those years, but right now. So you're saying it's absolutely a thing. We need to brush up. We need to get fluent with the concepts. Again, to... by the way that I saw, the ones that are living in the part of the world, the group, the cohort of Chabad Hasidim, that are living in the part of the world that is perhaps most furthest, in a sense, from uh, and the shochem. The response, the immediate reaction from shochem was was, you know, lamehel, good. And if anything, the only kind of pushback I got is you're not giving enough credit to shochem that already are doing it. So oh. forget. There's not what I did not hear from a single source, from not what, not in all the feedback I got. You're missing the mark. You're off the, you're off message. This is not any, not one. It was either, to say you hit the nail on the head, or you're not giving enough credit to the shochem that are already doing. That's it. So the bottom line is, let's, let's, let's take that for what it is and say clearly this is on the minds of a lot more people than perhaps speak about it often at hate and what we should be doing 
is we should be getting all the best ideas and we should be using all the resources available to us to get those ideas out to all of us. Yep, and, and then again, to start with Zich Yes. 100%. I agree. And so to finish off, uh, just to wrap up, I hope that that email address is, is, is getting filled up. I hope you're getting messages and people are sending in ideas, and if not, we'll repeat it again. mc at mercas302.com. Please send in some thoughts, some ideas. What do you think we can do to make things happen and uh, you know, spread the word, come up with good concepts, programs, projects, anything we can do to spread the word more, to help others spread the word more, uh, just to share a little bit, I myself, I felt, this just could all be happening in my own head, but I felt, for example, that in my local town, in Crown Heights, you know, the center, the headquarters of where it all starts, um, I felt like sometimes this topic, like we said in the beginning, could feel uncomfortable, and it's something that people perhaps prefer avoiding, or it's, it's like, why go there if it, we don't have to? And I tried, for the recent while, coming up with ways of how can we make this topic back on the table and like it's okay to talk about Mashiach, it's okay to talk about the reality that's about to happen, let's make the conversation comfortable again, uh, let's make Mashiach great again, <laughs> whatever slogans we want to use, hashtag yes we can, you know, like showing people maybe it used to seem scary or they used to seem like it was embroiled with controversy or arguments or whatever, but that was off the mark if anything. The truth is that it is a thing, it's okay for it to be a thing. Let's focus on it and let's make the conversation comfortable again. And I'm wondering if maybe there's uh, any more things in that area that we can do more. Maybe we should do this conversation once in a while more often and maybe we can involve more shluchim to get on this kind of discussion more often. Maybe we should do this like a kind of a, a talk show kind of a thing where, you know, once in a while we, uh, we invite a guest on board and this shliach and that shliach and we exchange these thoughts and ideas and questions and answers. Maybe everyone can send like a social clip of themselves, you know, doing a thing or explaining a little thought about how this thing in regular everyday life seems like it's connected to Mashiach or that or whatever. Uh, and, and let's wrap up with, yeah, you tell me what are some practical ideas maybe that have either come in through the email or that you think people can think up or come up and start doing to, to kind of share and spread the word more? So I, the, and the answer is that, uh, I mean, we already started sharing uh, 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 some ideas. I think that in general, uh, everything you said, you, you know, you want to create a, a, regular, a regular broadcast in which all the various uh, um, guests, people that are, that influence in, uh, in, in the community, we know we nowadays have this Muslim of influencers, right. and uh, the effort is that with certain people that with their with, with with their pitch on any subject can move their immediate sviva. I think everybody has to feel that, uh, uh, but the. The point is, don't wait around. Why don't 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 uh, wait to, to for for this to become a thing? You make it a thing. Every single uh, every person has uh, the people that, and, and really, this was perhaps the greatest uftu of the Rebbe. That the Rebbe said, "Don't wait for anybody to appoint you." If you know Aleph, teach Aleph. If you know Beis, teach Beis. 
And if the uh, if there's people in your immediate, immediate sphere that you can be an influence on, then we need to talk about this. And if you're looking for resources, then again, Baruch Hashem, um, there is, uh, you know, and I, in my own way, will continue to do my part to, uh, to put uh, whatever it is out there. I know, for example, uh, Rabbi Mendel Kaplan from, uh, from Flamingo. And so it is responsibility that, again, was anybody memana him? No. But he said, if I have a certain amount of influence, and that people listen, then I'll do uh, 70 video clips or 70 Shivim Shana. That's the point. Don't, we're, we're, each and every one of us has a heel to contribute to this in whichever way. You want to do a puppet show. And show people how the kids can come. If you want to be like Rabbi Saul Goldstein over here, who, who decided that he's going to take the time to invest the the to treat this seriously enough that he's going to work on podcasts, he's going to work on tabling Crown Heights like it's a college campus, and 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 put himself out there. Which, again, as as you said, is not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. So I begosh me aside emotionally and whatever it is. Uh, but but did did Avad come together and say, Rabbi Saul Goldstein, we decided you're the one that needs no, but something needs to happen, and so Rabbi Saul put himself out there. That's the attitude. That's going to be the attitude. And to a certain degree, when you really take a moment and you think about it, it doesn't have to be that ticklish of a kind of subject. So now it's more about okay, if the subject is not that ticklish. And I can I have creativity in whatever way I have, so let me bring it to bear on this subject, and let me put out something and then share it, and 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 then it becomes it becomes something that is available to everybody. Aleph Champ for the Hebrew schools was not that somebody was reminded this person to make a curriculum for all for Gantz Somebody was particularly creative, came up with a great way to teach Aleph base, and immediately when the Shulchan saw something good, it became adopted. And it became, you know, Baruch Hashem, also a source of Parnassifer. The point being that we are living in an era where anybody who has a good idea and is willing to take the time to prepare it, to package it, so that it is taken. The oifen hamiskabel and in the kelim the tikkun, it's a good, it's a chaticha, really skabed. In no time whatsoever, it can get out there and the oilam, the whole oilam can be, uh, can have a tremendous hana from it, and more importantly, can it can it can move the needle, and that really is again something that the Rebbe saw decades before anybody else. Yes. So, yeah, and you've, you've, and you've been the the, the Atahamaskim. You've absolutely demonstrated that within the short twelve minutes that they gave you to speak by the kinus, you packaged uh, a, a bombshell in a way that was very frank, very on the table, and I think really woke up something that, that was there and that people really, really resonated with people. And uh, I, I hope we see more of you. You, you know, you've, you've started, in a sense, putting out videos, and I, I hope and I expect 
you'll see more of them, maybe once a weekly thing at least, a little short Vartera, something that has to do with pertinent with the times, with the news, and obviously how it connects with Mashiach and all that. I really hope that I've heard nothing but positive feedback from anyone and everyone, and I've been sharing it around to anyone I could. I really hope you continue with that. And yeah, like you said, everyone with their own idea of what they're able to do should just go ahead and do it. We're waiting for it. There's no reason to wait around any further. We can make it, we can make it happen. I can make it happen. You can make it happen. So it's just a matter of getting up and actually doing it. So uh, yeah, I appreciate your, your time talking with me this, this Moitzah Shabbos. And I hope we do it some more. And um, yeah, we should already be interrupted right now with the immediate coming in of Mashiach through the door and telling us, guys, you, you figured it out. You were on target. <laughs> well, and, 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 that's, and, and that's the point. Uh, we, we each get them to the Mabit, uh, we'll get the job done. And, and uh, when, uh, when Mashiach uh, comes through the door, you definitely want to be in that situation right. where we have been, uh, where he catches us in the act of doing our part. That's it. That's it. You you think we can, Gazinski? How huh? do you think? We yes yes we can. Huh? We can do it. We can make this happen. Who cares what I think? The Rebbe did. <laughs> the Rebbe does, and that's 100%. and that's the, the most important thing. Rebbe, we can and we will. And and, and 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 that's it. So let's get it and done. Here, and here we go. Yeah, and here we're gonna go. We're gonna do it. Let's do it. Shkoyach Reb Sender, appreciate it again. Agus Vach and Moshiach now. Amen. Thank you so much. Moshiach now.